Welcome to Unfinished Business, a new podcast created to decode entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Liana Fricker, founder of Inspiration Space. Consider this a power hour of mentoring available free to you on demand. Throughout the series, you'll learn from a cross-section of entrepreneurs who have overcome the early stages of starting a company. We want to strip back the coded language to give everyone access to the rules of the game. So what do I mean by that? In May 1983, Neil C. Churchill and Virginia I. Lewis published an article in Harvard Business Review. Called the five stages of small business growth, Churchill and Lewis concluded that while there's no one-size-fits-all approach, every business faces similar challenges as the company starts, develops, and grows. As an early-stage founder who sometimes feels like I'm building the plane as I fly, I know firsthand that the journey through entrepreneurship is a wild, unpredictable ride. And if the last 20 months have taught us anything, it's that even when your business is thriving, what works right now may not work in the future. The good news? Inspiration Space is here to keep you moving. Built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs, our mission is to help people get through the highs and lows of running a company as quickly and easily as possible. Because if we're serious about solving the grand challenges our world currently faces, leveling the playing field isn't just common sense, it's game-changing. founder of Purposeful Products in the Tech Startup Academy and basically I'm here to help startups uh, to avoid becoming tech startup horror stories. Um, I'm a tech startup. Entrepreneurship feels like a roller coaster. Once you decide to act on your big idea, the seatbelt goes click and you're on your way. There's no turning back now. It's all systems go. Let's start with your aha moment. Do you remember when you knew you wanted to go into business? So I've always had these um, high level goals in the back of my head of different things that I wanted to achieve. And so I don't remember the exact moment, but I know it was in my early 20s. It was very soon after graduation uh, in my first job uh, post-university, um, attending a Saturday school at my local college on how to start a business. So I was only was 21 at the time. So <laughs> I've always known that I wanted to do it at some point. Um, back then, I didn't know when. I'm a big geeky learner, love learning. For me, it's it's fun. It's something I prefer to, to do sort of thing rather than a chore. So it was like, let's just start, get the ball rolling, see what I can find out and just start gathering the knowledge. And then when I need it, it will be there. Do you remember any of the key takeaways from that course? Really interesting because it was run by an accountant. And those how to start a business courses are so different uh, from more general ones. Uh, of course, with the accountancy, they were all talking about how to balance the books um, and it has that kind of financial element rather than how to develop an idea. So I do find it's quite different. Uh, so if there are people thinking about starting a business, you might need to go to several classes or courses if you can on these to get different aspects. Because if you go to a more ideation based one, they're not necessarily going to talk about finances. So two very different ways of introducing business life to somebody, I think. 
And what made you so curious about starting a business at a young age? Where did the drive come from? I just enjoy setting goals and try to achieve them, basically. Um, so for me, it's just another thing. This sounds kind of challenging, um, but I want to give it a go. I want to be able to tick that box and go, yeah, I can do that or I've done that. Or um, it's almost like um, another you know, climbing a mountain, aren't you? And, you know, you're at a point and you think, oh, well, it will stretch me and I'll grow as a person if I go over there. <laughs> so you hike over there and, you know, you learn something in the process. And that's how I see everything, right? You set your goal, you try to achieve something and it's a learning and growth process. And you're stronger from going from here to there than you were if you just stayed where you were. Are. So that's kind of just how I look at things in general. That was exactly the same sort of conversation that William Adeshwai and I uh, from Vite London were having. And it was this, as you go through the journey, you look up and you see that there's so much more to go. But then you look down and you see how far you've come. And it's almost addicting. There's, a, and there's an adrenaline rush with it to see, like, how far Absolutely. could I go? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I don't look back enough about how far I've come. I'm always like, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. But I was reading um, a Quora uh, discussion for it yesterday and they were talking about, you know, how do I develop my confidence? And the person was saying, by doing difficult things. And I was like, yes, that's actually it. Because in doing diff difficult things, as I say, you grow as a person, you learn things and you realise how much you are capable of. And the more you become capable of, the more you can do. And the more you can do, the even more you can do. So it's like, as you say, you get stronger and stronger and then you feel that things that would have scared you before, oh, I'll just do it. This is, it's not a problem. So it's like a good uh, positive cycle or sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. But you've just got to start with some small goals um, to start with and build up. And then as you get more confident, you'll feel you know, more able and more ready to take on other things that are bigger. So let's rewind back a sec. So you've done the how to start a business course with the accountants. Yep. <laughs> so how far or how long in between doing that course and starting your business was it? A very, very long time. <laughs> so tell us what you did in, the, in those gaps in the dash between taking the course and starting your business. What did you do in between? So in between, I was, I guess, learning the ropes as an employee. So, you know, making that transition from being a student and getting your head around uh, corporate life, uh, <laughs> working with people and, you know, as colleagues and that sort of thing and navigating that. So for me, that took um, a little bit of time. And then after that, I became very focused on, on what I was doing. I was doing a sales job and kind of progressing up the ranks and all that kind of stuff there. So that, you know, took a lot of my time and energy after that. So it was almost, again, I never sort of said I didn't want to do it anymore. It was almost just on the back burner. One day, someday I'm going to use this information. I just don't know when. So tell us about that someday and when you set up the Purposeful Group. I had several ventures and things like that before I actually set up the Purposeful Group. So I was a life coach, as qualified as a uh, behavioural and performance coach. So anything from uh, personal, professional goal setting, people are stuck experiencing challenging. So I had a business for a good couple of years uh, running that. I kind of see Purposeful Group as an evolution of that, to be, be quite honest. We're still supporting people. It's just in a slightly different capacity, but you know, 
those those skills are still still coming really useful. The first sort of step into self-employment was actually moving from sales uh, to market research. From market research, I moved into a career in tech. Uh, I started off as a business analyst, moved into project management, product ownership, and uh, working with corporate. And again, I had another goal, which was prove my skills in this area. So what I want to do is set myself a goal that by a certain age, I am going to be able to go onto what we call the contracting market. So in, in, in IT, you've got kind of permanent workers and then you've got contractors who are hired usually uh, on a daily rate. So that was my goal because I felt like that would prove that I was good enough to do it. So that was kind of my challenge. Like, can I build up my skills enough to be able to be employable in that market? Purposeful Group is focused on entrepreneurship, technology and digital skills training for non-technical people around the world. So we've worked with small business owners in 14 countries now. We've served over 8,000 uh, entrepreneurs through our books, mentoring workshops and programs. And we also have a community of over 1,500 entrepreneurs, uh, technologists and a few uh, investors as well. So we're here to help people to learn and develop their skills. As I say, uh, all types of entrepreneurship, but uh, because of my specialism in working with companies that develop web and mobile apps, I focus a lot on tech startups and I guess digital startups as well, uh, to be fair. So anyone who's got an idea for a web app or a, a mobile app, and then we do a lot of work with uh, young people who are developing digital skills as well. Uh, critical thing these days, knowing how to prep for interviews, how to present yourself at an interview, how to create a, a, a digital uh, profile for yourself and build that up. And also learning a lot of the, the skills and tech uh, that you know, companies use these days and that will be useful like oh you have that on your cv you know that's kind of an advantage so we teach people a lot uh, of those types of skills to build their confidence and make them more employable so you've brought your idea into existence things are moving but it's still early days enjoy this first big win because most people don't even get out of the gate The world has changed over the last two years, especially from technology. What would be the advice that you would have for someone who's trying to start a business today who maybe is a little bit more apprehensive around that whole concept of adapting? Well, um, I think personally, it's it's critical uh, for for an entrepreneur to be able to to adapt. So I think if people are, um, so first of all, like entrepreneurship, most entrepreneurs, um, there's a, a personality test called the Newcastle uh, test, Newcastle personality test, MPS, or sometimes it's called the big five. Most entrepreneurs score highly on the openness scale there. Okay. Oh, the world, isn't it cool? What's over there? You know, like they're totally excited and it's more, um, a positive energy to go and explore things than it is a fearfulness. But then there are equally people on the other side where new things, oh, scary, what's that, you know. Um, and it's, it is going to help you if you find 
learning new things and exploring uh, exciting and stimulating and not frightening. What I say to people when I do developing confidence, developing uh, entrepreneurial thinking is to start small if you're a more cautious individual. It could be things from your everyday life like, okay, try a new food, go and buy something new at the supermarket and try it. You know, if you don't like it, it's not the end of the world. It's almost sometimes people are sort of almost, almost like, I'll die if this thing is a bad experience. No, you won't. Just, I didn't like that. Fine, you learn something. I don't like that. Right. But you might love it. it might become your favourite thing in the world. So try new things. Um, maybe speak to new people that you wouldn't normally speak to. Um, even if it's online, maybe join a class you maybe you wouldn't usually join. Just try to do some small things to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Listen to different music that you don't listen to. Stuff like that. Watch a different type of film, a different genre. So all these things will help to get used to just pushing the boundaries um, a bit further. So I think that's a good place to start because personally I think it's, it's really important that you are open to to adapting and I'm a fan of lifelong learning so I never um, think that I know enough it's never enough <laughs> so I spent five years in sales and I was saying to my sister I was looking at a sales book and my sister said well but you know all about sales why are you reading that but because I, I want to see if there's anything that I don't know um, I can't go around thinking that I know everything um, you've got to keep looking at new things to see whether you can add to your body of knowledge or whether there's something that you're missing. So I think that to me is, is, is really important. So when you look back on your journey, who helped you to get out of your comfort zone? I think I just, this is just my personality, I think. <laughs> um, speaking to my mum, she said, you know, you always knew what you wanted, even when you're very small. I think it's really important for people who are, from, say, working class backgrounds or maybe backgrounds that are not necessarily traditionally associated with entrepreneurship to keep pushing yourself because you won't know what you are capable of, of an, as an individual until you push yourself. That is the only way that you will realise your full potential. So it's so, so important. It doesn't matter if you do something, um, it's difficult or it's challenging it's still growth and, uh, as I say, it helps you to build your, your confidence. Set yourself small goals because, as I say, you won't, you won't know what you can do until you, you start, until you try. And is there a moment that you remember when you were starting, like, oh, this feels uncomfortable? Yeah, I live in that state all the time. But again, I think this is all about people. Um, when you feel some sort of negative or emotion that you perceive as negative, that it's a sign to stop. It isn't a sign to, to stop unless you're in some kind of physical or emotional danger. It's just a sign that you are going outside your comfort zone. Um, I don't advocate taking massive leaps because you get into, I don't know if, you've, if anyone's ever studied this, but you, you've got like your comfort zone and you've got your stretch and learning zones and you've got, and you've got the panic zone. You don't want to get in the panic zone where you try to do something so massive or out of uh, character for you but you're thrown into a, a state of you know fear and the mobilization you just want to just stretch a little bit um, but the more you stretch yourself as I say it becomes fun but but yes I have experienced a lot of doubt so if I'm trying something new so you know I've written five books now is anyone going to like them is anyone going to read them am I going to get criticized 
you know, all these sorts of things were going through my head as, you know, as I was writing uh, my books, especially the first one, because you just don't know how it's going to go, what, what you're going to expect. But you push through. So I think that's the thing. Push through. You just have to push through. And it's developing that, that, that kind of mental strength to say, this is what I want. It's not going to be easy. So again, if it doesn't mean to say that if something's easy, it's right. <laughs> the things that are the, the most precious are the ones that you've had to fight sometimes uh, tooth and nail to, to achieve or that have been very difficult because there's pride in the fact that you, that you did push through. Having and taking the easy route, having the easy life is not, is not where the growth is. Just keep going. Other things, public speaking. So now I speak to, you know, lots and lots of people. Uh, I've had my mind go blank. I've had <laughs> the Wi-Fi go in the middle of the presentation. I had uh, once uh, somebody hijacked a call. You know, loads of like crazy things that happen. And again, it's not pleasant at the time, but it doesn't, it won't, it won't kill you. And I use things like focusing um, before um, whatever I want to do, uh, visualising what I want to achieve, listening to music to kind of calm my nerves or to hype myself up. So do what you need to do to get yourself in the mindset. But whatever you do, just do it. <laughs> okay. In this series, we talk a lot about the importance of collaboration and support. Who, who's been yours? I have some people that I, I speak to in particular, actually, my, my sister's probably the person that I speak to the most about entrepreneurship. Actually, my brother and sister, to be quite honest, they are quite a lot older um, than me. So I was kind of still a, a small child when they were kind of, you know, growing up and things like that. My, my brother's been a, a company director of, you know, large uh, organisation and things like that. Uh, my sister has her, her own business. So, yeah, we, we kind of talk about uh, things and kind of kick around ideas and say this is what I'm doing or we'll talk about things and make suggestions to each other uh, we tend to think quite differently as well so it's good to get an outside perspective especially when you think sometimes you can't the only what you see is the only way forward and then someone goes oh what about that you're like oh <laughs> of course <laughs> so uh, I think it's really important as well, uh, give you more options because sometimes we, we kind of get stuck in a certain way of doing things and there are so many other things that we could do but it feels to us like there's no other way forward you remind me a lot of myself. It's, you know, the ultimate problem solver, find joy in learning, really leading with curiosity. But do you ever feel pressured to know everything about business, especially because you're you're building the plane as you fly, plus you're also teaching other people how to build the plane as they fly? <laughs> <laughs> not generally, not, not too much. When I started or when I started writing my first book, actually, say, from 2016 to, say, 2020, I was learning and studying constantly. I had no time for fiction, little time for television. It was just podcasts, books, writing my own books, thinking about strategy and these sorts of things. had a business background anyway, so um, seeing how businesses, larger businesses, corporates formulate their strategies and how they approach things and really wanted to bring um, an organised approach to the small business world. I don't believe having a small business you should be chaotic. Um, I think small business and, uh, and chaos are sort of almost <laughs> a 
him with synonyms, but they shouldn't be. So that was another thing. It's like you can run a, an organized, well, you know, well-oiled uh, machine, run a tight ship and have a small business and don't get caught into, you know, not having your taxes done and all these sorts of things. And then now working with people also helps me to to learn as well, because I learn the most common mistakes that people make. Uh, I learn the most common questions that people have. So um, it hasn't been too much of a, a problem to date because, as I say, the learning I have and learning what people need helps me to fulfill their needs better. When you talk about chaos, which is a word I love for so many reasons. <laughs> now, with Purposeful Group, there are a lot of strings to the bow. And when you start a business, you know, it's almost like throwing clay. You've got this lump of clay and you're you're turning it into something and Sometimes it looks like a plate. Sometimes it looks like a bowl. And you're just really there just spinning that wheel. And then eventually you finish your first piece, right? But you still have more to do. So as you started growing Purposeful Group and and adding new products and services, how did you strategically go about that so that it wasn't chaos or or was it chaotic? (laughs) So... I think there's always an element of that. And I think, again, um, something I say to entrepreneurs, you know, I, I try to give people a framework to work from so they have some sense of, of clarity and a foundation. But I also say it's messy. This is a messy thing that we're, we're doing. There isn't a perfect answer always as well. So I work with some people and they'll say, you know, we use Google Ads and we've built our business like that. And other people say, oh, my God, Google Ads, it was the worst thing we ever did. We wasted so much money. We will not ever do that again. Um, So the same strategy um, and people will have vastly different results. And that's because of their personality, because of their execution, uh, their type of business, um, all these types of things. So. I think there's always an element of that. There's an element of of, uh, trial and and error as well, but starting from a place of this is my strategy. This is what I want to do, um, but I realise that I may need to adjust this plan uh, if it doesn't work. So uh, that's kind of how I formulate a strategy, execute it, and then um, always analysing what are the results, what have I learned, having checkpoints, do I want to continue with this? Am I going to change things? So it's, it's evolved over quite a period of time. It's also, you know, in conjunction with paying attention to what customers want, what customers are asking for, and so slowly then <laughs> changing and adjusting and, and fine-tuning to kind of get to, to this point. And it's crazy just talking to you, sort of thinking, oh, my God, like all the different twists and turns that that you go through, basically. The money towards that deposit is what I convinced her to start the business. I represent the quadruple whammy of unfundability. I am female, I am older, I'm a woman of colour and I have a sex tech venture. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what needed to be done. And, I, and that, that hurt, taking time off, because I'm a one-man band, right? Business is tough. And with Inspiration Space, you don't have to do it alone. If you have a pressing goal, burning ambition, desire to take a big leap forward, 
Join New Beginnings, our 90-day business transformation program. The live sessions are amazing. That's how students describe New Beginnings. All we ask is that you dedicate two hours a week working on your business, and we promise you'll progress faster than you can imagine. Our action-based learning methods mean you roll up your sleeves and put the knowledge you gain to work now. And the cherry on top? You'll learn strategic planning skills that you can use and reuse as your business grows. Created by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs, the mentors and experts that you meet during New Beginnings have been in your shoes and know what it takes to start from zero. With one-to-one guidance throughout, you're in safe hands. Lean on our hard-earned expertise as you navigate the highs and lows of working for yourself. If you self-identify as ambitious and are ready to get unstuck, head over to www.theinspirationspace.co forward slash new beginnings to find out more. One thing that I've learned about entrepreneurship is that there's only so much you can prepare. Pace yourself and remember, you still got a way to go. And I really relate to this idea of the messiness. And what I often say is that in the beginning, that's part of it. You do have to play. But then there comes a point where you can no longer afford to be messy because you're mm-hmm. losing time and you're yeah. not generating revenue, at least not consistently. And what you have to do as a small business is get out of that feast and famine so that the plane is actually flying. It's too difficult if it's going up and down and up and down mm-hmm. to do what you need to do. And I think there's a lot of there are a lot of great lessons to learn in that balance between the mess and the focus? I guess, you know, from what you're saying, it's almost the, um, you know, your business is validated, okay? There is a market there. You have got customers. There are people who want what you're you're offering. And then there's that next point, which is the the scale. So how are we going to scale this? further how we're going to increase revenue are we going to add more products and services and then having those systems and processes in place and moving to that sort of system systematized when we do x we have got a a process for that which we know is efficient and works and so from those points once you've got all those foundations you're kind of just sort of fine-tuning and optimizing what you what you have but you can't have your blinkers on fully in business because you've still got to be looking at, around to see what's going on. Because if your blinkers are on too much, you miss uh, uh, opportunities, um, opportunities to evolve and changes in the market, which you should be probably reacting to. Or even and, as well, not anticipating changes, right? So it's not just about reacting, but actually thinking about innovating yourself. And this is where I want to go into next is preparing for the future because things are changing so fast. And I say that as someone who's very into technology, I'm very into business. You know, these are my hobbies. Some people like art, <laughs> I like business and technology. I've learned to embrace it. I've learned to embrace it. <laughs> and I find I get overwhelmed, right? Between Web3, NFTs, the metaverse, this, that, it, it can be really overwhelming. How do you think businesses, especially small businesses, need to look at preparing their businesses for 2022 and beyond? Because the reality is every company is now 
a tech company? It's important to maybe have at least a couple of podcasts, newsletters that you sign up to, uh, and maybe websites that you look at just not obsessively, but just to keep an eye on what is going on. Changes are here, what changes are on, on the horizon and how they might affect your, your business so that you're not suddenly getting this terrible shock like, oh, my God, that's what's just happening. And, you know, because you've had your head down for so long, you just didn't realise until it actually arrived on your doorstep. So I think that's one way to, to keep on top of things. I've interviewed quite a lot of entrepreneurs for my uh, blog and also um, I turned that into a, a, a book and a lot of them um, seem to be of the opinion that you need to kind of you know you've got to have focus on your business which is really important but you just need to just keep scanning the horizon just to see what else is, is going on uh, at the same time. So you're scanning the horizon you can see the winds of change coming and yet you're in the day-to-day because you can't necessarily just stop everything that you're doing and say, all right, well, we're going to make an NFT tomorrow. I read about it three days ago, so everybody down tools, we're going left. <laughs> uh, one thing that I, I say to, to people at workshops and things like that is that can, or how can you carve out some time for strategic thinking? So in other words, you cannot spend all of your time uh, just doing and that's one of the biggest challenges for small business owners. So you've got your element of doing the doing, you've got your manager element, uh, and then you've got your visionary, which is kind of the CEO. And that's a constant trade-off, especially if you're a small small business owner. And too many of us are doing the doing all the time. So we don't have time to think about the more managerial elements and then up at the next level, the top highest level, which is the the visionary. It could be um, blocking out a certain amount of hours uh, every week to to do that. That's what we say with inspiration space, that we deliver inspiration as a service. Because when you're a small business, it takes energy to be inspired and it takes energy to be inspiring. And what we try to do is to create spaces where we can fill up that inspiration tank. So we've got an experience called Growing Together, which is then quarterly planning, and it's about getting out of the grind of the day-to-day of the business and looking at, all right, what are the what are the 12-month goals that we've set? Yeah. What's the 90-day plan? What have we achieved? What haven't we achieved? And then alongside that, I run what I call brain gyms. And it's almost like my own little innovation lab. And right. I just throw out, so okay, here's an article about this piece of technology. I want you to go into a breakout group and I want you to come up with three ways that you might be able to use this. I've noticed myself, um, I'll name a couple of tools. So uh, there were tools like TypeSkip, Writer, which is spelled R-Y-T-E-R, I believe, um, and WriteSonic, which didn't exist a, a short period ago. And these are AI marketing tools. So uh, they can't write full blog posts yet, but you can seed uh, the product with some keywords relating to whatever uh, blog post you want to write. And they can write a paragraph for you, which you can then expand. Um, Some of these tools can do everything from write your web page copy to your 
ads, do product descriptions if you've got an e-commerce site. Um, I asked uh, one of the tools uh, to, or well, I got, got got my team to, to, to do it, to, to go through some different trials. And we thought, okay, you know, let's push these tools and see what they can do. And um, one of the tools has got a landing page generator. So some of the copy is excellent. <laughs> it generated a whole new landing page with purposeful group um, copy on it. And some of it's so good that I was thinking, well, actually, some of uh, that I might, you know, compare with what I've got on the website. And where uh, I think it's superior, I'm going to swap out the, the information. So just, again, being able to do that, you know, instead of thinking, oh, I need to hire a, a, a copywriter or even worse, I know I need to hire somebody, but I don't have the money or I don't know where to turn. Um, considering some of these tools now and just, you know, looking at the reviews, pick one that, that people are happy with. And yeah, all of a sudden you've got another member of your team. <laughs> this this is it, because I do use a, a copyright a copywriter generator called Jarvis AI, and it does write full blog posts. It does so much. And, and what I love about that is there's so many businesses that can now be delivered and created online, which means folks that otherwise maybe would have been outside of the the accessible remit for starting their own business now can. And if you think about neurodiversity, I've got ADHD and I really struggle with a blank page. The copywriting assistant, I've never, I've, I'm writing more now than I've ever written. The ability for technology to democratize entrepreneurship is, it's, it's phenomenal and it's so yeah. exciting. And the problem is not enough people have access to even the knowledge that it exists. We don't know. Can you talk to me about how Purposeful Group is is helping to solve that part of the problem? That's um, it's funny because that, that's a kind of a massive part of it. You know, I was saying earlier about you know in your own mind you you think that there's only one path for me, or it has to be done like this, or I can't, that can't be achieved, or whatever. And just to be able to have a, a mentoring session with somebody, or to for somebody to join a workshop or program, and for you to say, look these are some options for you so either strategic options so breaking down um some of the theory and giving people some sort of practical applications so that they can start to see how that might work for their own business uh the alternative is also talking about tools and tech so presenting a lot of information to people and saying you know when you're at this stage of your business these tools are there to help you this is these can make it easier um, instead of having to build your business uh, from scratch and hire a developer to create things, do you know that there are these tools out there? So, for example, I had one mentee and she was thinking about hiring developers and what she was going to do. And I just said, oh, you know, for your type of business, actually, um, go and use uh, this product. Um, all you need to do is put your information in. You'll be up and running in a week to two weeks if you focus on it. And then I gave her a framework of how she could start as well rather than because uh, I know some some mentors that will go off and do such and such go, but they don't actually give people the steps which is what people often think so I'll break it down and give them uh, a pl action plan of how they can actually use the tool and get started and people are just often just absolutely gobsmacked that it's that straightforward sometimes because they're expecting that it's going to be this huge ordeal and they're going to have so much to do but that poses a different problem because when there's nothing in your way now, all you've got to do is just step forward and it's like, ah, 
You think I could be ready in two weeks? Oh, you know, now I think, you know, it's getting real now. So, so then you kind of move into sort of like the emotional and kind of the psychological elements of, of getting started. And looking back, what would have helped you to better navigate? For me, I was quite lucky that I received angel investment at around that point. You know, I know some people then they go out and seek funding. But when you look back on your own experience, knowing what you know now, what could have helped you to get through that? It's a tough one because I knew again early on that I wanted to get help. But um, being able to um, clearly frame what it is that you you need um, and provide the right environment for people to come in um, and be able to do their best and things like that, I think is something that people really struggle with. So even though I needed the help earlier on, I don't think that I was ready to have the help in terms of having a structure. So now I've got a structure, a framework. Um, I have a a high level program and induction that I give to people. Um, there's a way of helping them to uh, not to feel too overwhelmed at the beginning, you know, to kind of bring them on slowly to a point where they're more and more capable and things like that. Uh, but I didn't have that infrastructure at the, the beginning. <laughs> I thought it was a, di- a difficult one where you kind of want things sometimes before you're ready to have them. I don't know, a bit of a question in my mind sometimes about uh, investment versus bootstrapping. Because sometimes, again, it's like a similar thing. So you get the, the money and it's like, well, what do, I, what do I spend it on? I know I need to spend it on some, some things, but uh, what are the best things to actually spend the money on? Um, I think when you're bootstrapping, it helps you to be very, very selective of what you spend uh, your money on. Um, and I know there are a lot of entrepreneurs that have had regrets about how they've actually spent their, the money that they got once they did get investment as well so there's no uh, perfect answer uh, for for these things I definitely think that you would spend your money more wisely if you get investment after traction than you would before because you cannot even imagine some of the things that you will need to spend money on or some of the challenges that you will face you know, we spent lots of time talking about these twists and turns on the journey. You haven't even started those twists and turns fully. So to then start investing, spending money at that point where you don't even have full clarity on what your end destination or or that you're actually focused in the right direction. Have some insight into your customers. Uh, you have some money. Uh, you've had some money coming in. You've seen where that's come from. Then I think you're in a better place to, to utilize any funds, definitely. And as I always say, a healthy business is one that is always evolving. So what's next for you? Are you going to stay on this entrepreneurial ride? Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, always, I think, in some, um, some uh, capacity or, or other. But, uh, yeah, uh, the next stage for me is just to continue uh, to focus on growth um, and also to start to uh, streamline a bit more. So I've talked about experimenting with lots of different uh, strategies and things like that. So I want to kind of rein uh, some of that back in and pull some of that back in and now start to say, right, OK, this is where we're going to put the, the bulk of our, our energy and just to focus on growth. So growth and processes. So we like to wrap up every episode of Unfinished Business with a quick fire round that we like to call coulda, woulda, shoulda. Your coulda is something that 
you think you could have done if you hadn't done this. Your woulda is something that you maybe would do differently. And your shoulda is something that you feel you should do, but you haven't yet. So if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, um, I think I would still be a corporate IT consultant helping large uh, businesses to build web and mobile apps. I don't have any huge, huge regrets, touch wood <laughs> at the moment. So it's a, a, a difficult one, I think. Um, a lot of the, the things that I've experienced, uh, both positive and maybe less positive, would just be uh, maybe around decision making on you know whether to go broad or whether to narrow down i suppose that's something that i could have done differently so i could have narrowed down and been a lot more uh uh blinkered in my uh strategies and focusing on uh just the most profitable thing for me right now um my shudders are um continuing to develop my processes so um i started working on that in 2021 and will continue 2022 so all the things that I I should be doing <laughs> I'm happy to say are, are firmly at the top of the list for this year thank you so much for your time today Kay it's been a brilliant conversation I've come away feeling very energized I'm I'm super excited for everything that you've got in store I think you're doing great work to just help to get more people into entrepreneurship through technology. So thank you for everything that you do. My pleasure. Thank you very much for your time, Leanna. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for listening to Unfinished Business. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a lesson. And if you're thinking about starting a business and don't want to do it alone, head over to theinspirationspace.co to find out how we can give you a helping hand and ensure your inspiration take stays full.